on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Uh, yeah, good everyone. Welcome to the clubhouse. Great to have your company as we kick into spring. Golf is here. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is in the studio as well. Hey, Marco. It's uh, great to see you as always. Jules, when are you turning professional? Oh, spell me. I read the paper on Wednesday morning. I always do now. And I go straight to Beacon Hills. Yeah. There was a kid called Jay Bayard, mm. 39 points, who had won the comp. Yep. What's the handicap down to, dude? What's it down? You were a 6.5 last time I checked. Uh, it's 6.1. 6.1? Uh, it's Mate, a bit worrying. You get the it's 6, a you're a worrying. serious player. You are a serious golfer. Yes. Mate, if you get the 4, well, they're going to be making sure calls for you to play four. pennant. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. What, the, what, what grade is pennant? What, what grade is Beacon Hills um, in? I wouldn't know. I'm gonna, wouldn't I'll tell you what we might have to do. We might have to call the professional. We might have to call <laughs> uh, the man who's looking after the Pettit team in this hour no, at no, some no. stage no, no. and just find out whether you're on the radar no, no. for Pennant no, next year for no. Beacon Hills. <laughs> Mate, I bet they've got a great little outfit, you know. They're I'm probably sure they navy do. blue I'm and sure something. Yep. Mate, you'd look fantastic. Mm. Get Dad the caddy for you. Pennant, Pennant's great. Caddy, actually. Yeah. Pennant is... <laughs> Uh, it's not a bad I'm, idea. I'm serious. Yeah, we've got pennant tennis and everything. Golf and pennant in Melbourne mm. and probably in Sydney as well and, and definitely Adelaide. Fantastic competition. Yeah. Divi one pennant in this town. Um, yeah, we used to, when I was playing Divi one, uh, we used to get, you know, Lucas Parsons would come down from Sydney and mm-hmm. I think he was playing for Commonwealth. And, you know, we had all these great players actually making the journey to Melbourne to play in pennant. Uh, it was so strong. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure you're ready for Division I'm not, 1 I'm pennant. I'm not sure I'm quite at that level. <laughs> but if Beacon Hills is around the Division 3 or 4 or I'm 5 not sure what it is. or 6, mate, yeah. you're a chance. Mm. Righto. Enough of me. Enough of you. <laughs> Let's talk about Rory McIlroy. Oh, well, He's back. Mate, it's about time. Mate, you haven't been able to trust Rory all year long. Yep. And then he, sh- he changes to a mallet putter. Now, this makes sense to me for Rory McIlroy. He's always had the answer-type putter. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what, you know, he's been using the Nike one, but he's about to move back to something. He's gone to Scotty Cameron, and he's got himself what looks to me a face-balanced putter. Now, I know just through watching him try and putt that he is a face-square-all-the-time guy. Yep. And that makes a lot of sense. And if you've grown up thinking that the face should, right during your stroke, remain square to the target line... Um, it, that's hard to change and get out yeah. of your system. But if you are doing that, it makes sense to me to use a face-balanced putter. Yes. So that means when you rest a putter on a table, that the face mm-hmm. is actually parallel to the table and, and, and faces straight up. Yep. Most players who, have, um, you know, who don't use their arms and try not to use their hands at all during the stroke, the, putt, uh, the putter will go back on a slight arc. Mm-hmm. And what's very important is that the putter releases through impact. And to help that release, you want your putter when you rest it on the table to have a little bit of toe hang mm-hmm. on a diagonal, which is what the putter he used to have. But if you have grown up with the mindset, and most people do, because they are logical thinkers. That's right. It and makes sense, think, doesn't it? They think to themselves, if I start with the putter square and take it back and it's square and go through and a square and follow through square. going to go where you want it to go then I've got a lot of chance of it actually being square through impact. So if you are one of those thinkers, you need a face-balanced putter. So if that makes sense to you today, 
and you don't know what sort of a putty you've got, just ask the pro today. Just hang it off the table. Just hang, yeah, hang it on the table or hang it on your finger. Just balance it on your finger. Mm-hmm. Put your finger in the middle of the shaft and balance it on your fingers or on your, on, or on your open hand and then just look at the face and if it's diagonal, um, then it's a toe hang putter. Yep. And if the face points straight up to the, to the sky or, or is parallel with your hand, then it's a face balanced. But most people... And I'm talking 90% of people that I deal with and, and play with as amateurs, they're all trying to keep the face square. It's the wrong way to go. So those guys are using their arms and hands to putt with. Um, if you don't use your arms and you don't use your hands when you putt, which means you're just using your body, mm-hmm. you keep your head still and just use your body, then the club will go back on a slight arc. The club face will open up on the way back. It'll come back, hopefully square, and then close over on the way through you're much better off have the face balance. But Rory's gone to a face balance putter for the first time mm. that I've ever known, and he wins. Yep. It Six is behind am- he was, yeah. going into the final round. It's amazing. You know, we've been looking and picking apart his, his golf, and it does tend to run through your game a little bit. But if you start holding putts, it fixes everything. Yeah. And we all know that. Everyone who's played the game knows that. I mean, if you most people have 40 putts around. Believe it or not, yep. you know they have six three putts. They they have two one putts, and they have their forty putts around, and that's a disgrace. Even for those people, though, <laughs> they have a day out every once in a while. And have thirty two putts. Yeah, it's a day out. It's a so great day. it's a great day. They've held six. They've had two three putts, and they've had thirty two putts. And that's the day they have, they have forty points. Nothing changed from Tita Green. All of a sudden, there's a bit of confidence at about holes eight, nine, ten, and eleven because you know you're three or four up on twos, and then the choke kicks in on about the sixteenth tee. And you get it home somehow and you have your 40 points. Just the putting. And the putting gives you confidence for the hitting. And all of a sudden, you know, you've, you've hold a few putts and you miss a green. And now the putt, now the pressure is off your chipping. Because you know if you get it somewhere near the hole, you're going to hold the putt. You, well, just, you just feel it. Brett, with interest during the week, Marco, mm-hmm. uh, that Rory McIlroy has also hired a new putting coach. Who? It is. I've just He's gone away from John Stockton. Phil Kenyon. Phil Kenyon. Phil Kenyon to help fix what was historically been the weakest part of the former world number one's game. Can you read on, please? Does it say this anything else about his technique? Digest. Because John Stockton, oh, oh, let me give you an idea. Now, John Stockton, uh, Ryder Cup player, I think he won a US PGA back in the day, considered the godfather of putting coaching. And his technique is to stand a little bit open and to keep the putter face square pretty much to the hole. That's what I've read anyway. So it's very, very old school. Yep, really old school, but um, you know, who's it's, Macro- it's hard to argue when when you've got a god of putting like John Stockton telling you to do so. Yep, GolfDigest.com. Just reading here, yeah, McElroy was- said the biggest problem with the flat stick was that he was missing to the left mm. with the putter going up and to the left, and his body trying to hold it off. That caused him to overcompensate on the reading of his putts. Too quote, it just wasn't that good. So green readings different, setups different, aiming the putter is mm. different. Yeah, that's right. That is right. So you can hear him saying he's trying to hold it off. Yep. Um, yeah, so that, that's him trying to keep the putter going square through the ball, which is what John Stockton was telling him to do. So maybe the new guy's going, hey, Rory, don't use your hands, mm. don't use your arms, and just try and use your body a little bit. Well, he was four over after four holes, mm. McElroy, and then went uh, 19 yeah. under in his last... That's right. Nights, so. and here's the thing. I mean, probably Rory... Because he's such a natural at golf, he probably doesn't use his arms too much anyway. He's probably just using his hands to keep the putter square. Yep. So if you're trying to, if you take it back with your body, the putter face should be opening up. But if he was trying to keep it square on the way back, then when his body releases, it's going to want to go left. Mm. So then he's probably got this feeling. Now I'm just reading between the lines, you know. Yep. This is just my golf brain 
reacting to what you've just read. I imagine he's just trying to hold it off because he's trying to keep a square on the way back. Yep. Anyway, so a new putting coach. Yes. You know, beautiful. Could be the difference. Changes as good as a Could holiday sometimes. New putter. Well, yeah, the new putter helps. Yes. And you definitely, you know, I think that's that's the real... Ch- I mean, if you, if you are having trouble putting, mm. I mean, quite often it's not going to a new putter, but a new style of putter yes. versus, so, you know, face balanced or, or toe hang. So I, I try and get it in a little mix. I mean, I've got a face balanced putter. I've got a really, you know, a putter that hangs about 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. But the putter I love using at the moment is just a slight toe hang. Yep. So it's not so much, uh, you know, the um, an offset of an answer type or a mallet putter or even, you know, the blades that are around today. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's more the toe hang with me. Yeah. Or even grip size. Sometimes just grip size. Sometimes changes. it is. Sometimes yep. the length of the putter. Yep. You go from a 34 to a 33 inch. Mm. Not many people should have a 35 inch, by the way. No. You we know have, that now. I've talked about that. Now that I you're do down need to 6. do some 1. serious work on my putting, though, Mark. It's been horrible. What? What's wrong with the Lajossi putter? No, the Lajossi The magic's putter, gone. That there's nothing wrong with the equipment, Marco. <laughs> it's what's on the end of the handle that's the problem. <laughs> oh, well, keep going. Next yep. time you try. Now, your putter, yes. for instance, the Lajossi. Uh, it's got a high toe, so it's mm-hmm. got a beautiful little high toe in it, but it's it's got a fair amount of toe hang. It does. So if you are using your hands or your arms to putt, you're making a big mistake. Mm. So keep your head still. Yep. Just use your body to get the putter to go backwards and, and forwards, um, and that putter should be releasing beautifully through. But what happens is under pressure, you try and keep the putter so square, so That's square, right. so square, yep. and when you do that, you miss to the right. Mm. And then because you're missing to the right, the next thing you do is you start reading the putts differently. Mm-hmm. You know, that right-to-left putt that you might have had yep. because you're missing them all to the right yep. now looks a little bit left to right. Mm-hmm. And once you start adjusting oh, the green reads horrible. to your putting stroke, Had a four putt it is a mess. <laughs> yeah, It happens. I mate. In, in, you start second-guessing yourself because you normally, you know, the two-foot putt, you're thinking, mm. I'll just hit that straight in the middle, firm. Mm. And you go, oh, do I want to just tap it softer and, and yeah. you know, change it? Oh. It's funny, if you're a kid, you know, this is, it's, as a pro, yep. all, we, all you really care about is hitting the ball the right pace. Yeah. Um, and if you hit the ball the right pace, you end up starting to be a better green reader yep. because the borrows are more consistent for the reads that you make. Mm-hmm. And if you're a kid growing up, mums and dads who are helping kids go, just get the first one close. Just get the first one close. Just get the first one close. So automatically, as you're a kid, all you're worried about is pace. Mm. And then before you know it, because you're hitting the ball and that's all you're concentrating on is getting that first one close, your pace adjusts. And then your green reading skills get a lot better because you are only worried about pace. Mm -hmm. Then before you know it, they all start going in. That's right. (laughs) And all you're trying to do is get it close. And... That again, you know, some people, some pros, you'll hear them say, um, "You've got to try and hold the putt." Well, that's right. You do have to try and hold the putt. But as a kid, if you learn just to put it close. get them close, get them close, get them close, then your focus changes. All of a sudden, they start dropping, and then they start dropping, and you look like a genius. That's right. Mm. Well done to Rory McIlroy. He moves up to fourth hey, on the FedEx Cup standing. When I came in, yeah, I saw something on your desk yes. that surprised me, and. Is it Tiger Woods is planning a comeback? He's back. He's he, back. He announced it. We're going to talk about that next, right here. All right, Clubhouse. let's do it. Tiger Woods is back. We'll tell you where he's going to Where's play. Where's he playing? And where? Right after this. Oh. Stick around. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the Clubhouse. Yeah, and that famous bit of commentary. In your life, have you ever seen anything like that, Marco? Ooh. It's back. 
The great man, Tiger Woods, has announced right. that he is returning to professional golf after what seems like years and yeah. years and years and years out of and that. We've seen him just glimpses of Tiger during this period where he, he's had the back surgery yep. and uh, he's trying to get back into it. We saw him hitting golf balls into his you know, own ex-golf screen <laughs> that he has in his house. And saw him hit six balls into the water in a six row. Six balls into the water <laughs> with a wedge. That can happen. That, that can happen. Yep. <laughs> that can happen. Um but he, it did look bad, and when he was holding his finish, when he was hitting the golf balls into the net in his house, um, you could see him almost shaking. Yep. You know, the, the held finish, it was just fake. It was a fake finish. So there were a lot of question marks. And then, of course, once Nike decided to put up their hand mm. and say, well, hey, we're not making golf clubs anymore, so many people jumped to the conclusion that maybe he's never going to play again yep. because they're not going to sell as many clubs without this guy, this god of the game, using the Nikes. But, okay, you told us where now. Right, TigerWoods.com. Where's, where's he first playing? Tiger Woods said Wednesday that he hopes to make, uh, hopes to play in the Safeway Open October 13 to 16 in California. Okay. Right, so what what date? The August. October uh, sorry, 13 October. to 16. Okay, that, that's, He'll also participate that's the first, in that, the Tiger Woods Invitational on October 10 and 11. Where, that's in the Bahamas? That's again? on the Monterey Peninsula. Ah, righto. And then he's going to play in the Turkish Airlines Open, November 3 to 6 in Turkey. Right. And then the Tiger Woods Foundation run Hero World Challenge on December 1 to 4 in the Bahamas. In the Bahamas. So that that's in the Bahamas. Time. Righto. So, that's, so uh, that's serious. start. And that's the start of next year's season. So that's, that's so he's th- hoping to do yeah. that. Quotes, Marco. Yeah. My rehabilitation is to the point where I'm comfortable making plans, but I still have work to do. Whether I can play depends on my continued progress and recovery. My hope is to have my game ready to go. I'm looking forward to going to California for my foundation event and for Safeway. I'm also excited to return to Turkey and Albany. It could be good fun. Right, right. questions. Mm. How far is he going to hit the ball? Oh. Not I mean, very far. If, if he's lost a lot of, if he if he's lost power, um, that's going to be interesting to see how he plays and how he attacks a golf course because he used to have the ability just to you know hit two irons and stingers and three woods and he was quite good at that. But if he's now forced to hit drivers, uh, that'll be interesting to see how he performs. Yep. And the second question is, what clubs is he going to use? Well. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't think he'd waste his. I mean, if Nike clubs aren't going to be made anymore, mm. then he's not wasting his club. He's not wasting his time just using the clubs that he's got at home. No. So, the two questions. I think he'll go straight back to Titleist. Yeah. I've just got that feeling. I'd be surprised if he went to TaylorMade or Callaway. Although, I think he should. Yeah, I think he should. I think the clubs. I think Callaway, and in particular TaylorMade, um, the clubs are just they're, yeah, they're, everyone's using them on tour, so they're they're the best clubs. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple, and um. Uh, and he'd be crazy not to use the driver that goes the furthest because he's just not going to hit it as far. He's not going to have that, as power, Jason that extraordinary He's not going to hit it as far as, as as Dustin Johnson. Yep. He's just not going to hit it he's as far. He's going to need the craft. All that mental craft that he had for so many years, he's yeah. going to need that, isn't he? Yeah. So I'm not saying he's going to come out and start playing like Justin Leonard, you know, <laughs> or or even Marcus Fraser. He doesn't yeah. hit the ball too far. I mean, I think he's still going to have a little bit of power up his sleeve, yep. but not the endless power. Um, that he that he once had. He's putting too. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite often um, you get to, I think he's 40 years old now. He hasn't played competition properly for a while. So he's got to slip back into the competition mode. Yep. And don't forget, when he was fiddling with that golf swing of his, he had the chipping heebie-jeebies. Oh, didn't he ever? <laughs> so I'm not saying he can't come back and play reasonable golf and win, but there are a few hurdles to jump mm. for him to get back to um, being able to win. Well, you but, hope that... And with- again... And sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, and again, 
in saying that, if anyone could, he can. He can. He can. Yeah. Well, you'd hope that with the injury that he had, he would still be able to work on that short game significantly during yeah. that time. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. And you've seen his backyard, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a great backyard. He's yeah. got he's got a bent green. Yeah. Uh, and the bent green in Florida has got the fans around the green mm-hmm. to keep it nice and cool, so it actually plays like a a bent green wood in, in a cooler climate. And he's got the Bermuda grass down there, which is the Queensland-type greens. Mm-hmm. He's got it all there. Yeah. And he can hit nine irons, basically. He can hit nine iron from one you know, <laughs> side of the one side of his practice uh, backyard to the oh, other. Right. Uh, he's got the bunkers. He's got the lap pool. I mean, you, and you know what he works like in the gym. I, I can't wait to see his body shape. Yeah. Cause his, see, the, see whether the cannons are back out or... <laughs> yeah. Well, look, he's... Remember, before his significant injuries, the people were saying that he was too big. Yeah. Well, he, I thought he was the prototype. But now that uh, other blokes have caught up and are now as working as hard in the gym as, as probably he did, but just on different things, mm. and to see the results that they've got yeah. compared to Tiger, um, you know, the prototype's changed. So, you know, you look at Dustin Johnson... He just you just look at that core, you just know his core is so strong and Fiji sings the same. I mean he's an old man these days mm-hmm. and still bombing it and all he's ever worked on is his core. So a lot of these players have, have looked at Tiger and said, He's probably too big. I don't think so. Yeah. Um but they've said, Well, I'm not gonna work so much on the chest and the arms, but I'm going to definitely work on my squats, my deadlifts mm-hmm. and, and my core muscles. Yeah. And you know, if you work on your core, you really are working on your arms too. Yeah. All those Medicine ball type drills that you do when you're working on your core. I mean, they they give your core a dead set workout, but they also your arms. Your arms. You can't lift your arms too high once you've done it properly. So they get a really good workout too, which is the perfect golf workout. But I think clearly when you look at Rory McIlroy, the size of Rory and how far he hits the ball, the size of Jason Day and how far he hits the ball, um, and just the lack of tone in um, Dustin Johnson's Mm. arms, they're still strong athletic yeah. arms but uh, and you look at his core and just how far he hits the ball well they've, they all hit the ball 30 yards past it Louis Oosthausen <laughs> hits the ball last mm. time I saw hits, hits the ball 20 and 30 yards past Tiger these days so uh, even though Tiger set the standard for hours in the gym I think other players have gone past him for being smart Smarter in the gym, in the gym. Okay. yeah yep. Without a doubt. Uh, found it fascinating to hear Jason Day and Rory McIlroy discuss this before the have BMW Championship. Can we have a listen to the boys? Got some audio. Because uh, Did Jason find time between texting Tiger <laughs> to actually talk about oh, Tiger? It's oh, oh. <laughs> out for a little clip. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, hey, here's, just saying. Here's Jason Day discussing the return of his good mate uh, Tiger Woods during the week. Uh, it's great. I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him play again, seeing what the state of his game is. I mean, obviously, it's... Uh, it's been, you know, this time he's. I think he's done it the right way by, by waiting um, and not coming back too soon because there's been a couple of times where I feel like he may have come back too soon and, and kind of injured himself a little bit more and that's what kept him out of the game so long. Um, but there's probably a lot of anticipation to see how the state of his game is and, um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to watching those tournaments and, uh, and seeing how his body holds up and how the mental side and obviously the you know the, the golf side of things hold up as well although you know we're expecting big things from him I don't expect too much from him um, even though he is Tiger Woods uh, it's it's hard to say that because um, you know he's been out I don't know how long he's been out for the game for for a while and he's been out for a little bit but it's just it's always tough to come back even though 
you know, you're one of the greatest of all time, it's very difficult to kind of get that sharpness back. And it should take a few tournaments for him, but hopefully he gets it back pretty quickly and um, he can get back to, you know, hopefully not to the old ways, but uh, more so closer <laughs> to the old ways. And it'd be fun to play against him when he's when he's at his best. <laughs> Right, now the old ways. Really old ways. <laughs> Getting back to the old ways. That was folks. Jason Day talking about. He's talking about playing really, really well yeah. and beating Jason, not <laughs> Tiger's old ways. <laughs> your eyebrows nearly hit the roof when he said that, Margo. Well, what? I don't, we don't need Tiger going back to the old ways. <laughs> yeah. well, maybe I he, does. he hasn't come back down to Australia. <laughs> he hasn't seemed to have played as well. No, <laughs> maybe since, that was uh, the key. Yeah, since he got rolled. Uh, Rory McIlroy, also his fellow Nike for former Nike buddy. Yeah. Uh, Stable, about, mate. That's it. Uh, also spoke about Tiger's return during the week. I got my phone out of my bag um, just on the 18th, and I had a sort of one of those little notifications from PGA Tour saying Tiger's announced he hopes to play CFO. Like, I'm sort of glad I'm not there that week. It's <laughs> going to be a nice week off for me. It's going to be a bit of a circus, but um, good to see him back. Good to see him healthy, and, and you know, it'll be exciting to see him back on the course again. You know, people forget how good he he was. I mean, he was, you know. That 10-year stretch of golf is the best stretch of golf we have ever seen on the planet by anyone. I don't care what anyone tells about Jack Nicklaus's record or anyone else. That 10-year stretch of golf was the best. And I don't know if anyone's going to emulate that at all, but I think people need to remember that because you know he, he has been and, and is the, the greatest player that has ever played this game, maybe not by records, but just by that 10-year stretch of golf that he did. I mean, no one, I think, played a 10-year stretch of golf remotely like what he did. There he is, Rory McIlroy. Pretty accurate. Yep. Jack was great, and Jack did some amazing things. Mm. Um, and Jack had some good competition. But the 10-year period that Rory is talking about, ridiculous. Yep. Four majors in a row. Mm. Um, beat some unbelievable play. That, that, that US Open is the one I always go back to. Uh, I think it was 99 or 2000. I'm not sure which one it was, but... The, the the U.S. Open where he was 15 under par and the closest to him <laughs> was, uh, I think it was Miguel Jimenez and Ernie Els finished tied for second and they were both one or two over. Yep. I think he, he won by 15 or something yeah. shots. Ridiculous. Mm. No one has ever played golf like that. He played that golf, by the way, with a steel shaft in his driver. <laughs> and his driver was only 43 inches long. Mm. These days, most three woods are 43 inches long. Which is which is a shame because you can't control clubs that long, and most people can't control the driver that's forty six inches long. It's ridiculous, yes. folks. Next time you buy a driver, <laughs> I promise you, if you're not six foot tall, you shouldn't have a driver that's mm. over forty four inches. Yeah, forty four inches is the limit, the limit that you should have if a driver. If you listen to this show every week and you've got a long driver, you're obviously not. Listening you are hard crazy. <laughs> what are you doing to yourself? I don't do it. I genuinely, Marco. When I saw this news during the week, yep. genuinely excited. Yeah, I think I am I too. Think, I think golf has been so good over the last 18 yep. months with yep. so many different players being able to win majors. And we've seen yep. Jason Day, Rory, Jordan Spieth, all these guys come through. Yeah. And they've all had their time at the top. Yep. And it's been great. It's been good. But seeing Tiger come back, yeah. the story of him now, mm. I... It's this one of those ones you'll stay up overnight mm. and watch yeah. him just to just to watch. Yeah. Like I couldn't be more excited yeah. about watching this bloke make a return. I feel a little bit like uh, when Jordan came back from baseball. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a good. It's a good. It's a bit like that. Yeah. You know. You know he's not going to be the same. We're hoping for glimpses of brilliance. Yep. Um, just to make us happy, make us smile. The chip ins, bit of a fist pump here and there. It'd be nice. Mm. And the great news for Tiger is that he's now no longer the bad boy of golf. You've got Robin Allenby who's, <laughs> who's taken that title. 
<laughs> so, you know, when we think of golf, when we think of the silliness, then he's probably not in that top shelf of golf silliness anymore. No. <laughs> so you should probably send, you should probably send Robert it, some grains. Who is your man, Robert, going? How, can, I, can we talk about him after the break? Yeah, because you said on radio during the week something that really uh, yeah. pricked my ears up. I, yeah. I quite enjoyed it. Let's have a chat about that after the break. <laughs> Let's right. do that. Let's, <laughs> hey, hey, and where are they playing this week? Crooked Stick? Yes. So the, the BMW Championship, the third leg of the FedEx Cup, mm-hmm. they're playing a Crooked Stick. What happened there? Crooked Stick is where John Daly won his yes. first major. Yes. Some great stories from that. We, we might have a chat about... Two of the bad boys of golf coming up. We've All got right. Robert Ellenby and John Daly. This is the clubhouse across Australia. Julian Bowdy's motto. Mark Allen's here. That's all next. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the clubhouse. Welcome back to the clubhouse as we talk all things golf right around Australia. Mark Allen and Julian Bowd here with you each and every week. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast. Just search for the clubhouse golf show on iTunes or... Pretty easy. That's it. Just no search worries. for it. It's there. It's the way to go. Full podcast every week. Now. I heard during the week, Jules. Yes. That Robert Allenby <laughs> is asking for appearance well, money to come and play this Australian I heard Open. you say that and I didn't believe it at the time. Well, look, how could he be asking for money? Because he's always got it to play the Australian Open. He has. He's been getting appearance money for a long time to play the Australian Open. You've been robbed again or something, isn't he? Well, look I, look, I think he's missed what I think he's made two cuts for the whole year so he's missed like 20 or 21 cuts out of his 23 or 24 events tell me they're not giving it to him well i don't so much blame robert for asking mm. because he is a business yeah so if you've always been getting the appearance money i get it you know it's it's just a check he could rely on year after year mm. come to australia get you i don't know fifty hundred thousand bucks don't know i don't know what the figure would be i'm i'm guessing it might have been at his at his peak. It might have been two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. These days, he's not at his peak. Um, where I would be disappointed is if Golf Australia, you know, paid him fifty grand. I yeah. think it's good. I don't. I don't. I don't think Robert would drag one person through the gates apart from his family, who are <laughs> going to get free tickets anyway. Yeah. No one's coming to watch Robert Allenby play golf anymore. No, and and that's sad. Um, it's part because he's got old. It's part because uh, his game's dropped off, and it's part because, you know, what's been happening. What he uh, says on Twitter <laughs> away, away from the golf course. Although his Twitter work is pretty entertaining at some time. I imagine the only reason you would come to the Australian Open if Robert Allenby was playing would be to heckle him. <laughs> I imagine that's it. Oh, some people will. Oh, mate, oh, they'll go hard. They'll go crazy. Unbelievable. It's just the red rag. Oh. With all the Twitter stuff and everything else he's been doing. <laughs> If Robert Elmby plays, I mean, there will be lunatics. Would, you know what? I'd actually almost go and watch that. So maybe he will drag heckle. some people through the gates just to see some people. Well, see, <laughs> technically you're not going to watch Robert. You're technically, you, you're going to watch the hecklers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sport within a sport. It's a sport within a sport. Yeah, yeah look, so... That's disappointing. Um, would you pay him? Uh, no, but I'd like to see him here and playing. I would, yeah. I would love to see him oh, I'd like to fix see him himself in. up yeah. and get back to the golf I mean, that he can play. Get him a hotel. Yeah. Get him some flights. Yeah. But no cash, I don't think. No cash. I don't think so. Save the cash. Give it to somebody else. Yep. Yep. Hey, another story mm. that um, I heard you talking about during the week was about um, tournaments in Sydney. Oh, God. This year. Yeah. And, no, in the past. And yeah. we know that Jordan Spieth this year is coming down. That's right. Playing in Sydney. Yeah, but he's not playing anywhere else. But he's not playing anywhere else. And it's surprising because the World Cup of Golf is, what, a Pretty week big afterwards? Event. Well, a week beforehand. A week before. So. No, a week after. week after. week after. And he's here. Yeah. 
but he's not playing in it. Yeah. So why would that be? Right. So what what I've been told by people who would know mm. is that um, the New South Wales government has been bringing these players down. Now, if, if you're not across what's been happening in golf, it used to be up to the promoters and probably the TV networks to pay the appearance fee to get the best players in the world to come down. Yep. It's just part of what that's just what it is, folks. So don't get don't get alarmed. If mm. they didn't come down, if they didn't pay, the tournaments wouldn't be mm-hmm. anywhere near the standard that we see today, week in, week out on Fox Sports and on the PGA Tour. Um, but the New South Wales government, they have been bringing these players to play the Australian Open, but they've been signing exclusivity clauses into the contracts. Exclusivity clauses? Because they don't want anyone else to go to, oh, you know, if, no so for instance, if Rory McIlroy is coming to play the Australian Open and he goes, oh, well, on the way home, I might as well just play in the Australian PGA on the way home. New South Wales government doesn't want anyone thinking, well, don't worry about Sydney. Let's catch him in yeah. Let's catch him in Brisbane. Let's catch him on the Gold Coast. So they've been signing these exclusivity clauses. Mm-hmm. So Jordan Spieth, for instance, he may well want to play the World Cup. I've got a feeling he does want mm-hmm. to play the World Cup. Probably shouldn't have signed the deal then, should he? <laughs> but the World Cup's not playing... Not not. Uh, paying him paying uh, appearance money. No, they're not. Yeah. Just Sydney's. Mm. So, you know, people from Perth who mad golfers, they might say, well, let's go see Jordan Spieth play, but at the World Cup yeah. and, you know, play some of the sandbell courses. So how they combat this in Sydney is put the exclusivity clause in. So if you want to see Jordan Spieth play, mm. you've got to go to Sydney. Now, that's great and it's smart, but it hurts golf. I, it yeah. might help Sydney tourism, yeah. but it hurts golf and... They should stop it. I can, under- I can certainly they ask, understand. They should say, come on, guys, stop it. I can certainly understand from a business perspective yeah. why they've done it. Yeah. But it's not from right. a golfing fan point of view, it disappoints me. Yeah, it's really disappointing. Yeah. What about, you know, Ricky Fowler wants to go up and play in the um, mm. uh, Australian PGA. And it's a European Tour sanctioned event. He gets, a, you know, another another tournament on the board. He probably gets closer to however many tournaments he needs to be able to play in the race to Dubai. But now he won't. Mm. He's coming down. He'll get his million bucks to play in the Australian Open. The exclu- exclusivity, I'll get it <laughs> Struggled out. To I, say I, that word I, I was saying it well early, but <laughs> now I'm stuffed. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, in his clock, it's in his contract and now he can't do it. So it's it's no good. Yeah. It's a long way to come for one week. Mm. Most players in the past, if there are two yeah, good two, tournaments to play in, yep. happy, they'll happily stay in Australia for and a couple we, of weeks. And we know Jordan did the tour last year in Melbourne yeah. around the sandbelt to make yeah. sure that it was okay. Royal Melbourne, <laughs> gave Kingston Heath the big tick, tick, sent that tick back to the US PGA Tour and... Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Mm. Anyway, disappointing. He'll probably come down and play anyway. I wonder. You did I wonder last if, time. I wonder if Jordan will come back. I might put my hand up, you and I. Maybe we'll go play with him. We'll take him to Beacon Hills. <laughs> Maybe we will. Yeah, we've got a 6.1 <laughs> so handicapper. Tracks. <laughs> <laughs> and an old hack pro. Come to Beacon Hills, mate. I'll show you my course record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you didn't. I think I did. No, you didn't. Oh, no. Oh, that's get, no good. That'll get some votes. That's no good. <laughs> that's that's that'll terrible. That'll get some votes. Okay. Still there, right? Isn't it? <laughs> Still there? Still up on the wall? <laughs> oh, yeah. Liam Pickering will get yeah. that bit of audio for sure. I think I won week. that pro am by <laughs> nine shots. Not many people have two course records in one tournament on both courses. Oh. It's impossible. Uh, oh, anyway. Unbelievable. Anyway. Anyway. Hey, John Daly. John <laughs> yes. Daly. You know, you're probably too young. You're probably uh, born in 1991. Uh, two years. Two years earlier. Two years earlier. Yep. So John Daly. That's where he won his first major. Mm. He was 13th alternate that week. Yeah. Alternate number 13. So Nick Price, his wife went into labour, 
So he put up his hand after a couple of practice rounds and said, I've got to go. See you mm. later. So John Daly gets the call. You're in. No practice rounds. Turns up. Nick Price's caddy, Squeaky, was his name. Yep. Squeaky hung around just in case John didn't bring a caddy. Doesn't bring a caddy. So John Daly teases it up on Thursday. Never seen the course. Crooked stick where they're playing this week. The longest hitter on tour. And they call it crooked stick because a lot of the dog legs, um, you know, there's a lot of dog legs there. Uh, those dog legs start at this particular golf course a long way out. So 300 yards out yeah. back in, back when they were playing the PGA there. So most players had to, they couldn't cut the dog leg. So they would go down the right where the fairway was only 30 yards wide. Mm-hmm. But where John Daly could land his <laughs> golf ball, his landing spots were 60 yards wide. Unbelievable. So it gave him an enormous advantage. Mm. He teed it up without a practice round. And apparently the catch cry was, you know, all week the guys were playing. I think Billy Andre was playing with him and tells the story. All he heard all week was, where do I go, Squeak? Where do I go, Squeak? Where do I hit it, Squeak? Squeak, go, you know, just go at that TV tower over there. He just go up and just get the, pull the driver and just go, whooshka. Whooshka. He had, remember he had this old, it wasn't a plastic driver. There's another term for it, but he had this old Cobra driver. Yeah. Uh, and it was a ceramic white looking thing with a red shaft. And... The golf club was, you know, everyone was bulletproof. Yeah, is what they were saying. So he he won the PGA hitting it a million miles. It was the first time anyone had really seen John on a broadcast. That driver went ballistic over on the tour, and then famously he actually did shoot his driver to see if it was bulletproof. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he did. And by the way, all week long, all week long, Squeaky didn't know, uh, and Squeaky's passed on by the way. Yeah. Uh, but Squeaky didn't know that John had the drinking problem. Yeah. All week long. He was being handed coffee cups by uh, his mates in the crowd. The coffee cups, there was no coffee in nope. the cup. It was all Jack and Coke all week long. All week long. Maybe that's the secret Jack to golf and Coke. Yeah, well, there's another great story about it. He, he came to Melbourne a lot and he used to practice at the Crown you know, Crown Casino golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'd open the doors up and he'd come down and practice. Anyway, he used to come down um, and one day this, you know, the there are people who are looking after him and his girlfriend's there and, you know, his minders and his, his Jack and Coke caddy who used to just pass them through the yeah, through the gallery ropes even down here. And he gets up there and he goes, gets a seven iron out and starts his warm-up. Just goes, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. He goes, right, that'll do. And, he's, and the guy mining is going, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, Jack Nicholas said if you hit three perfect shots in a row on the range, your warm-up's over. That's it. <laughs> So they all took off <laughs> straight back to Huntingdale where he was playing that week. Unreal. That a There's a thousand stories. Oh, he's a There's a thousand you do a whole stories. Him. You could do a, an entire show. I'll yep. give you one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was using Wilson clubs there at one stage and he really got along with the Wilson guy who used to be uh, at each tournament for him. Um, but the guy used to complain that he wasn't paid much money, 50000 a year back in the 90s. It was probably mm-hmm. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. In America, it's probably a lot of money, 50000 US dollars over there. Um, anyway... Uh, he, he found it harder and harder to uh, get his Jack and Cokes on the golf course. So he told this Wilson uh, guy, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you $100,000 a year to be my Jack and Coke caddy. No, 100000 So the guy quit on the spot, <laughs> traveled with John in his Winnebago for two years, and his job was to carry around an esky uh, no. full of Coca-Cola and Jack Daniels. And his job was to hand him through the gallery ropes wherever he went. What a joy. 
A Jack and Coke caddy. Put that on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. <laughs> you might get some. You might get some nibbles. <laughs> anyway, there's a thousand stories about John. There's a couple. Brilliant. Um, I, I was a freshman at Texas Tech when John Daly was a senior at Arkansas, yeah. and we used to Texas Tech and Arkansas. We used to play in probably about four or five tournaments the same year, and every week, one of three things happened when John Daly was playing in a tournament. Either one, he got blind, drunk. <laughs> And took the team bus for a ride. He uh, two, he uh, destroyed a hotel room, or three, he knocked it on a par four that was undrivable. Yeah. Probably the third one more than any of them. One of those three <laughs> things happened every single week yep. that John Daly was playing in a tournament. The star. He was a freak, mate. Yep. He was a freak. Uh, we're going to get to a break. Marco's masterclass not too far away. Should mention too, Marco, before we get to mm. the break. Uh, Jared Lyle. Um, yeah, he's retired. Has decided to end his PGA Tour campaign permanently. He's going back to Australia yeah. to live. Hopefully, he becomes a crusader for the Challenge uh, Cancer Organisation. It's an amazing organisation. Yep. I know he's a big part of it, and Challenge helped him when he was a kid. And Robert Ellenby was running the charity. And Robert Ellenby, you know, all jokes aside, Robert Ellenby did so much good, mate. Unbelievable with that challenge. I think they've raised, you know, something, something crazy like twenty yeah. million bucks, something yep. absolutely crazy. But I think it's probably the perfect time for the baton to hand over. Mm-hmm. I reckon Jared Lyle would be the greatest person yeah. to be in control or you know, if it becomes a foundation and Jared can make a living from helping other kids with cancer, yep. I know one thing for sure, as much money as possible would be going to the kids with cancer if Jared Lyle was part of that. So That's right. fingers crossed that happens. Looking potentially getting into TV commentary for golf oh, too, which would be good. Good luck to him. Yeah. So, well yeah. done. Uh, speaking of TV commentary, I see Channel Seven have picked up the yeah good uh, the rights, which they is had great. To. Yeah, World so Cup, World Cup, Australian um, Open. Yep, and uh, have they got the Australian PGA they as well? Do. Yep. European Tour event. It's great. Do. So good stuff. Be all there. It'll be on the, on the app as well, which is good. Yep. Which you saw in the, during the Olympics. Yep. Um. So we get a bit of yep. Good bit of coverage. Uh, look down the track too for all of our tournaments to be in Feb. There's a, something for you. Just Ooh, keep looking. Little, yeah, I've been saying it only for 25 years. Sneaky bomb. 25 years I've been saying it. Yep. But uh, maybe 2018. Uh, you might see a nice lineup of tournaments in January through to Feb. Nice. Perfect time for our tournaments. You know, we're sick of cricket. Yeah. The footy's just about to start. Nab challenges. We've had around. enough of tennis. Yeah. Bit of golf. And then the footy perfect. starts. Bang. Absolutely perfect. And the best news about our tournaments being in February is that the tournaments on the um, California swing on the US tour, nobody wants to play them. Because the Greens are a disgrace. Okay. So it's a perfect time for even the big name players who don't play in those events anyway to actually come down to come our down. shores, playing a few European tour events. Fingers crossed, mate. Wouldn't you love? Fingers crossed that's the way it's going to work three out. Three European but that's what I'm tour hearing. events. Everyone down. Yep. Bang. It becomes bang. the Aussie tour. Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, love Brisbane. It. Maybe the Australian Open up and back. I don't know. Yep. Maybe the Australian Open Masters comes back as a different mm. new tournament. Fingers crossed. They've worked it out. Marco's Masterclass is next. Stick around. Marco's Masterclass. Welcome back to the clubhouse. Mark Allen is here. Julian Bard is my name. Mark Allen End of every show gives mm. a free golf lesson. What do you got for us? Right, this is on the back of Rory McIlroy changing putter and finding form straight away. Mm. I mean, part of it obviously is the new putting coach, but the new putter is big. Folks out there, the two clubs that you probably use the most are your driver mm-hmm. and your putter. If you've bought these two tools off the shelf, you've probably made a mistake. They probably don't suit you. So let's just fix one of them up. And the other one you can do in Christmas. But I'm going to suggest the putter. Yep. If you've got a putter in your bag that you've had in there for ages uh, and you like it, go to your pro and say, is it right for me? 
and your pro will be able to measure you up and maybe make the adjustments and they might actually take some uh, of the length off. They might even have to put a little bit of lead tape on the bottom. They might even adjust the lie angle. They might adjust the loft of your putter. But there are places all over the joint now to get that putter that you probably bought off the shelf or you borrowed from a mate, the one you probably love, but personalise it. Now, the bloke in your pro shop has the ability, and if he doesn't have the ability, he'll be able to send you somewhere who has the ability. But I promise you, just like Rory has done, he's got a putter that suits his stroke. Your PGA professional will be able to look at your stroke, look at your size, look at the way you do things, and adjust the putter perfectly. So get that one done, and then for Christmas... Tell the wife to buy a new driver that's perfect for you. <laughs> yep. And if you're over six feet tall, maybe 45 inches. Maybe. But if you're six foot or under, there is no way your driver should be 45 or 46 inches long. No way. So there's two things. Get the putter done now. Mm-hmm. Go get it personalized so it is perfect. It, it may well be perfect for you. But go to somebody who knows. Get that done because you use it on every single hole. Yep. It's ridiculous to use that club and it's not perfect on every single hole. And then Christmas... Get that driver you've always wanted and get it done properly. And tell the bloke who's doing it that I'm not, if I'm under six foot, mate, and there's no way this driver's going to be over 44 inches. 44. Tell them Mark, Mark Allen told tell me that. Tell him I sent you down there. <laughs> I'm sick of people using the driver on every base, basically every hole yep. and their putter on every hole. And you look at them and you go, what the hell are you doing, mate? Mm. It's not even close to being right for you. Yep. So get it done. Fix it up. Marco, it's I always been great. guarantee you'll shave with those two clubs perfect. If they're not perfect now, if you get those two clubs perfect, you'll shave five shots a day That's nice. that you play. That's nice. See you, dude. Thanks for that. Next time I see you, I want oh. you down in the fives. 6.1's good, but I want you to get the... My, my, my credibility is at stake. Yeah, it is. I don't care about you. The show's reputation's at stake. All right, you started at 12, you're down to 6.1. Yep. Keep it going, dude. Thanks I for like that. It. See you, dude.